Please pray with me. Our Father and our God, we thank you that you are a God who holds us fast, who is with us by your Spirit in the midst of trials, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of the pressures of daily life and the issues that we go through, God, that you uh, promise that you will never let us go. All that know you uh, and that you know, uh, Father, you will be with until the end of the age. And so we thank you for that. And we pray this morning as we look at your word that your Holy Spirit would be with us to encourage us, to show us the Lord Jesus to uh, help us to repent of our sins and idols and to love Jesus more and more and glorify him. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you and and see some of you in person. Uh, It's kind of a new thing, so I'm really happy to be here with you all. We're looking at this passage in Genesis 32, 22 to 32. The story of Jacob wrestling uh, with the man of God, with the angel. And just an intro before we read this, if you're not familiar with uh, the Bible or the story of, of Jacob, he was born a twin. His name literally means heel grabber. He was the second born um, twin. He was grabbing his brother Esau's heel as he comes out of the womb. And he lives up to that name. Because he's a heel grabber, he's a trickster, he's deceptive in much of his life. And we know the stories going back where he, the first time uh, he's cooking some food, a nice tasty stew, and his brother Esau comes in from the field hunting and he's famished. And uh, Esau wants some of that good stew that Jacob is cooking. But Jacob has a plan and And in the process, there's a transaction. He sells his birthright. And then later on, uh, when his father Isaac was getting older, he tricks again uh, Esau. He tricks his father and dresses up in in goat cloth and again cooks a tasty stew for his father and and tricks uh, his father's uh, Esau out of the blessing of the firstborn. And so his whole life is kind of one of deceptions. And so because of these, uh, these trickster ploys that he's making, Esau hates his brother and wants to kill him. And so in the process, uh, Rachel and, and, or excuse me, Rebecca and Isaac say, send him off to Uncle Laban's. And there he finds a wife. But It's interesting because Laban, his father-in-law, also tricks him, and now he has two wives, both Leah and Rachel, and he stays there some 20 years working for the wives, but also for his father-in-law, Laban. There's conflict, uh, there's division, he finally leaves Laban, and now he is on his way back home uh, to, to Isaac and to his homeland, and He's confronted in the process with his brother Esau and some 400 men that are approaching him. And so the situation here as we look at the text is that Jacob is fearful. He's anxious. Uh, 
he's in a desperate situation. He's trying to appease his brother and think about planning and giving him gifts because he remembers the deception and he remembers his brother's hatred and the desire to kill him. And so the stress and the fear are all overwhelming. And in the midst of that, God shows up in his life. And so, uh, if you would, join me as we look at this passage as we read Genesis 32, 22 to 32. Here are God's word. That same night, he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face. And yet my life has been delivered. And the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. And therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. This ends the reading of God's holy word. Now as I was looking at this passage I remembered my junior high wrestling unit. And I was a baseball player, so I really didn't know much about wrestling other than being provoked by my older brothers and my older cousins who lived next door. But I remember that phys ed unit, and you watch your teacher demonstrate uh, some of the wrestling moves, and you know, they kind of go through, like, here's the takedown, here's the reverse. You know, here's the Nelson, here's the half Nelson. Um, you, you learn about the scoring, you learn what a pin is. Uh, you know, you learn, you know, basic things, how to lose, use your legs and do like an arch bridge. If you're a wrestler, excuse me for my uh, lack of understanding. Um, and, and then the day comes. The day comes when all your, you know, seventh grade buddies are there in that matted room that doesn't smell so good. And your teacher calls out two of you to come to the center. And there you go into the position. And then you start wrestling for what seems like an eternity, but it's probably only like two or three minutes. And you're struggling with all your might. And you're being thrown back and forth. And you're trying to get on top and pin him. He's trying to pin you. And you're sweating and the adrenaline. And everything is just, uh, you know, the lights are going dim. And, and, and you're breathing hard. And you can't get your breath. And then finally, they blow the whistle or you're pinned. And that all happened in like three minutes, but it feels like 
eternity. And it's right there at that moment where you say, I'm just going to keep playing baseball. That's what I like to do. And so here we have this incredible story of uh, what we believe is God, uh, a theophany, showing up here in the Old Testament. This man of God, this man who wrestled that Jacob ultimately understands that this is the Lord. I've seen the Lord face to face and my life is, has been spared. And why would God come and wrestle with Jacob? What is this about? What is it about wrestling and the struggle and the exertion and the, the, the being in close proximity uh, with the Lord, with this man of God, that why, why did Jacob need that? And why do we need that? Well, I think the answer is that God ultimately uses this paradigm, this wrestling with us to bless us. That's what he was doing with Jacob. Ultimately, what he's saying here is he must, Jacob must be confronted with who God is, with every part of his life being under the gaze and the pressure and the weight of God's glory. This is really a story of grace for Jacob. That God would love him so much and he would bring his promises to bear in such a close way that it would change him. It would change everything about him. You know, as we've been going through this unprecedented year with COVID-19 and all the struggles, um, have you been sensing God wrestling with you? Maybe the separations, the lack of fellowship, the lack of relationships, the, you know, being by yourself. Has God been connecting with you in new ways? People have been depressed. There's two, uh, one student, one former student, very depressed to the point of having to go to the hospital. Uh, we know that the emotional toll on, you know, that, that, because of COVID, is having dramatic effects on people. And that's not even the health issues that we've suffered and people have been sick. And I think of dear John Newman and, and others in our life that are, that are really struggling with this. I, be, I feel like these are times to ask God, what do you want to teach me? During this time, we can see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel now, but we're still in the midst of it. Well, what does God want to teach you? How does God want to wrestle with you? And so as we look at this passage, I want to just say the main idea here is because God wrestles to bless us, we must hold on to him. Because God wrestles to bless us, we must hold on to him. And so how does he wrestle with us? Well, he, he wrestles to break in and make himself known. He wrestles to break us and to change us. And he ultimately wrestles to mark us with a new identity. And so as you look at this passage, the first thing is God wrestles uh, to break in and to grab our soul attention. So in verse 24, you see, it says that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till the breaking of the day. And so what's going on here? Well, Jacob was planning for Esau's approach and finding out through his servants that some 400 men were ready to come. And he thinks it's a war. 
he thinks this is the showdown and all I have is my servants and my livestock and my two wives and 11, 11 children. So I'm going to appease him. I'm going to make gifts. And so he's planning all these things. And he is fearful. And in the midst of that, God breaks in. God shows up and wrestles with him all night long. Why is he doing this? Again, he's doing this to get his attention. In some ways, you know, Jacob thought Esau was his main problem. And God was trying to tell him, no, I'm, I'm your sole attention. I'm your main issue that you need to get right with me. You need to have me, and then I will take care of everything else. God was getting his attention. God was breaking into his situation. Under the duress, under this trial, God shows up and makes himself known. Now, I remember back when I was wrestling, um, and if you've ever wrestled, you know, uh, you're not thinking about anything else, you know. You're not thinking about lunch. You're not thinking about your test. You're thinking about, I don't want to die. And you're just, you're confronted with this person that's all over you, right? And you're trying to wrestle him into submission. He's trying to wrestle you into submission. You have my attention, and to some extent, that's what God, I believe, is doing with Jacob. Jacob had to focus all of his attention on this man of God, on the Lord who he says, I've seen face to face. And it was not two or three minutes. It was an all night long struggle wrestling with the Lord. Isn't this beautiful? This is really what we see all through the scriptures, right? God breaking in and revealing himself to Adam and Eve, to Noah, to Abraham with the promise, right? To, to Moses at the burning bush. You know, all these prophets, Gideon, uh, God breaks in. God brings his grace. God reveals himself to people like Isaiah. This is the kind of God we have, that he does not leave us alone in our suffering and in our pain and in our darkness, but Really, what the Bible is all about is he breaks in to the darkness of our sin and the brokenness of this world to bring his personhood and his grace. This is the God of the Bible. You know, Christianity is really the only religion where God shows up in human form and he breaks in and he reveals himself to us so that we would know him personally. He makes that covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob in a very real way. And he makes ultimately that covenant with us through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so how has the Lord Jesus been wrestling with you? What have you sensed? Are you listening to him? Or are we just trying to busy ourselves in activities and the internet, and computers, smartphones, and all of those things? Or maybe during this time, God has stripped enough things away that we're listening to him. 
This wrestling motif is real for the Christian. Why? (laughs) Because we're sinners. And even though we know Jesus, we still struggle with the old man inside of us that is, needs to be sanctified, needs to be purified. And, and so part of what that is, is God breaking in again and again and, and for us to learn how to repent daily of our idols and those things that are running, we're running away from him and to come back again and say, Jesus, teach me in every area of my life your beliefs, your secret life, your fears, your future, your schoolwork, your computer use, internet use, in every area, God wants to wrestle with us that he would be our Lord and that he would be our only hope. And so, seek him, ask him. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me, and know my thoughts and see if there's any anxious way in me and lead me in your truth. And so, this is the first thing I, I believe that God breaks in to reveal himself in all of his glory. Secondly, I think what we see the way that God blesses through the wrestling is that he breaks in to break us <laughs> and to change us and to change our desires. And so, uh, look at 25 and 26. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, this is the God man here, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God is injuring him. In the midst of this wrestling and giving him some serious pain. Now, when I was in high school, I'm telling a lot of stories here. I was playing baseball, I was leading off first base, and the pitcher threw the ball over to first base, and I dove back, and me and the first baseman collided, and I dislocated my right shoulder. And I thought that the world had ended. I'm, I'm laying there on the ground, and I'm in excruciating pain. My shoulder is out of joint, all the ligaments, everything. And I was a pitcher, and I thought, everything's coming down right now. Jacob had his hip put out of place. I don't know if you've experienced that. I hope not. But that, that joint is much tighter and many more nerves, in the, kind of in the middle of your body. And the Lord is giving him a trial. He is inflicting him with pain. And, and not only that, but again, we have the heat of his brother coming down upon him the next morning with 400 men. What is God doing? Well, God is using trials and suffering in a redemptive way to break us and to make Jacob know more of who he is, to sanctify him, to change him. This is what God does in the midst of our trials, in the midst of pain. And that's why James says, you know, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, 
lacking in nothing. God is breaking Jacob so that Jacob would hold on to him in the midst of that trial and to really change him. C.S. Lewis said something like, God whispers to us in our blessings, but he screams at us in our trials. That it is through these trials and these broken things that God brings into our life that he, for his children, desires that we would grow and that we would hold on to him, that we would know him more personally. And so that's what you're seeing with Jacob. In the midst of this crazy pain of his hip being dislocated, he doesn't give up. I don't know at what point or what hour at the night that the hip was put out of place in the struggle. But even with that, he doesn't let go. He stays on, holding on, because he knows that this is God. What is, what is happening? Well, Jacob's desires are changing. You know, before, he took the easy road. <laughs> let me, uh, you know, bargain with you. Let me be deceptive. Let me trick you out of this birthright. Trick you out of this blessing. I'm going to get the blessing, but I'm going to get it my own way. But now things are changing. He's not just trying to take the easy way. He's holding on to God in the midst of the trial. In a sense, he's being conquered by God. He's being broken by God, and God is changing him. He's not trying to get away. He's hanging on with everything he has because he knows that God is all in all for him. His independence is melting into dependence on God. Jacob is saying basically, you know, it's not my physical pain it's not the trial of my brother coming with his 400 men that is the problem. It's my independence and in trying to live life on my own outside of you. My sin and my deception is the problem. I need you. I need to be known by you. I need to have you. I need your blessing. Jacob is being changed by the Lord. His desires are changing and his old life is being swept away by the glory of God and having this close relationship with God. He has to have God. So when I, when I did dislocate my arm, I remember um, that was a huge changing point for me because all I wanted to do was play baseball. That was my main goal. You know, I ate, slept, thought about baseball all the time. Growing up, I wanted to pitch, and uh, I was right-handed, and that was my right shoulder that was dislocated. And so about six hours before that incident, I remember I was with uh, a guy's discipleship group, and the leader was looking at the fruit of the Spirit, and he said, well, what fruit would you like to pray for today? And I remember I prayed for patience. And six hours later, I learned a lot about patience, that God was showing me, you're not going to be playing baseball for a while. I'm going to take that away from you so that you would, you know, grow in your relationship with me more and more. And that's, 
I think what God does to all of us, all of His children, He takes things away out of love so that we would love Him more and that we would hold on to Him more. And so are you hanging on to God in the midst of your trials? Or are you just seeking the easy way out to escape? The Scriptures talk about seeking God all the time. I'm going to read you a few passages, but are we seeking? Are we grabbing hold? Are we pursuing? We read the Philippians 3 passage about pressing on to know God and the power of His resurrection. But Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will, be, you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Again, this constant going to the Lord. Deuteronomy 4, 29, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search for Him with all your soul. A determined seeking after the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14, you will seek Me and find Me when you seek Me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Jacob is finding God and he is forsaking his idols of deception and taking the easy way out. And so a good question we might ask, too, is what other things are we holding on to other than God? Where do we need to change? What are you holding on to? Is there some idol in your life of money, power, pleasure, sex? Your students, GPAs, uh, maybe it's your comfort, your security, struggles with internet, with pornography. What are these things that we are trying to grasp and hold on to that we think will give us life, but they will not give us life? Only the Lord will give us life. And so, this is what God is doing in His grace to Jacob. He is confronting him, and He's putting him through some redemptive pain to get his attention and to make him into a blessed person who knows the Lord. So we've looked at God blesses through breaking in to reveal himself. We've looked at God breaking in to break us, to, re to really redeem us. And the last thing is God wrestles and breaks in to mark us with a new identity. And so as the day, as the night turns to day, Jacob is hanging on for dear life. Then the man of God asks Jacob, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, he said, uh, he's, sorry, what is your name? He said to Jacob, then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. But Israel, for you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. And there he blessed him. God is blessing Jacob by renaming him, by giving him a new identity. And this is the first time Israel is mentioned in the Old Testament, in the Bible. And it translated, he strives with God and prevails. We might see this as the culmination of the wrestling match. That in an amazing way, God is declaring, God has been conquered to some extent 
by Jacob. The man of God says, let me go. But he says, no, unless you bless me. And then he blesses Jacob and gives him this new, man, new name, Israel. You've striven with God and you've overcome. Jacob, you've been victorious. You are now receiving my blessing because you have sought after me with your whole heart. And now you have found me. The new name, Israel, summarizes the fact that he sought with tenacity God's blessing and received it. He wanted God alone, God's blessing above everything else. And now the, he has the Lord and he has that blessing. And so, what about us? <laughs> Do we have the blessing of God? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him. And as we repent and believe in the Lord Jesus, he gives us this new identity. When we place our faith in Christ, we become God's beloved children. We're adopted into his family. We're forgiven of our sins. We're given his righteousness and all the blessings of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. For us, we, as we believe on Christ, we are given this, we, are, we become new people with a new identity and a new family. In some ways, this is very much like justification here for Jacob. He's declared victorious in God. And he's received the blessing. In Revelation, we have this idea where we will all be given a new name. In Revelation 2.17, Jesus is saying, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and with a new name written on that stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. It's a picture of heaven that we will be blessed. We are victorious and we are given this close, intimate name that only the Lord and you know. And then he would be marked by a limp because his, his hip was put out of place. God has touched Jacob and nothing is going to be the same. He's going to be limping now and we see him limping as he leaves the camp. But it will be a joyful limping because it will mean that God has touched him and that God has marked him. So what does it mean to limp as a Christian? What does it mean to be blessed? Well, I think it means that, again, nothing will be the same. We're not independent. We are dependent upon God and we are united in Christ with his life and his death and his resurrection. That the Christian life now is one where we just can't go off and do whatever we want to do and be deceptive, but now we are blessed in God, in Christ, and we take on the life of Christ. We weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. We're concerned about the lost. We're concerned about the injustices of this world. 
We're concerned about racism. We're concerned about the poor. And we desire to be agents of redemption to change the broken areas of our world and of our communities. Nothing will be the same because we are connected with the Lord Jesus and His life and we're unified with Him. And so we're either going to limp as God's people being blessed by Him or we're going to ultimately limp into destruction and God's judgment if, we're, if we just try to live our life on our own. Jacob wanted that blessing. And that is what God is calling us to as well. That we would not be judged and left out, but that we, we would grab a hold of Him in repentance and faith and know Him and know His salvation and know His life. There's one last thing that I want to point out here, and we always talk about, well, where is Christ in this passage? Well, I believe this was the incarnate Jesus wrestling with Jacob, that this was a theophany of the Lord Jesus breaking in in the Old Testament. And there's an interesting thing here because the man of God asks Jacob, let me go, for the day has broken. What is this? How can the God of the universe say, let me go? He's the all-powerful one that created everything. What was God doing here? Well, I believe that God was humbling himself and bringing his salvation close to Jacob in a way that Jacob would understand who he was dealing with and who God was face to face in all of his power, in all of his glory, in all of his holiness, in all of his grace and love. You know, because as we look at the Lord Jesus, he was ultimately the one who humbled himself and made himself known to us so that we would see God face to face. He took on the nature of a servant. He took on the nature of a humble person to serve and ultimately to give his life a ransom for us. In his servanthood, he was ultimately conquered by man. He was a servant who suffered for our sin. His entire life, in some sense, was dislocated from God the Father so that we would never be dislocated from his love. He suffered God's justice and wrath to be a substitute in our place so that we would never experience that. And so here we have the Lord Jesus revealing himself to Jacob. And we know the rest of the story because we know that that same Jesus came for us and lived and died and rose again so that we would know him and that we would never be separated uh, from his love. And so we have Jacob's surrender here in some sense of being blessed by God. And that's what the Lord gives us for all those who look to him in faith and believe and repent, we have that same salvation and we have that same blessing that Jacob had. And so, how's your wrestling? Are you wrestling with the Lord? Or are you running away from Him? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank You 
for this story, Lord. There's so many layers of it that we can look at. Father, I ultimately pray that we would, we would truly wrestle with you for your blessing each day, Father, that you would continue to sanctify us if we know you, that you would crush our idols and kill our sin, that we would know and love you more and more. If we don't know you today, Lord, this is the day of salvation. I pray for my friends that they would come to you and they would see this is the good kind of wrestling where you are being redemptive and saving us. I pray that they would have your favor and your blessing. And so, Lord, bless us as we go from here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.